for joining us for today's message. We're always so encouraged to know that God is using this ministry to touch lives all around the world through what he's doing right here at Meadowbrook. So if that's you and you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please send us an email at godstories at nbcocala.org. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so by giving online. Thanks so much for joining us and prepare your heart to hear from God. Before you see, we help us welcome our internet audience. Thank you guys for being with us. And you may be seated. Well, how are we doing tonight? Doing well? Good, good, good. Well, uh, it is good to be with you. Um, our pastor, he is on a much-deserved uh, vacation. How many know pastors need a rest? Hopefully you know that. Good. Uh, but man, as always, he, he sends his love to you. And you know, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a pastor who loves you, prays for you, cares for you more than Pastor Tim does. Uh, a true, true legend. Um, and he's the kind of uh, pastor who can uh, preach the paint off the walls. So if you don't like my preaching, don't worry. I'm just a backup quarterback. Uh, the Peyton Manning of preaching uh, will be back with us uh, soon enough. But man, in all sincerity, it is an honor uh, to be up here and able to share the pulpit. Where we, we, have some, uh, we have some special friends with us tonight. Um, where's the Cobb family at? Will you wave at us, Cobb family? There they are right there. So pretty, pretty awesome story. Uh, they run a nonprofit called the Jucan Foundation. And the mission of this foundation is saving children and rescuing families who are fighting for a cure. And they use the first three words of cancer, can, first three letters, conquer, advocate, and then fighting for this next generation. And right now they're on a 4,000-mile walk from Disneyland all the way to Disney World. So they're getting close, uh, close to the end. And the whole purpose of this walk is to raise awareness and fund research for pediatric cancer um, while honoring God and their eight-year-old angel, uh, Julia Cobb, who uh, passed away from a rare cancer called Ewing sarcoma. And here's what I love about this family, is that they took tragedy, and in the midst of tragedy, they are using it for God's glory and for the encouragement of those around them. Will you give it up for the Cobb family? Thank you for what you're doing. And if you want to uh, learn more about their foundation, or if you want to support them, just go uh, online to JUCAN. It's J-U-C-A-N foundation.org, uh, and you can get all the information um, that you want there. Well, before we uh, dive in, uh, I have to tell you that I have one of the coolest jobs on the planet. I have the joy of leading our Southeastern Extension site here at Meadowbrook. Um, our pastor, he believes in training up the next generation of, of future leaders and, and pastors and so we have a real unique partnership with, with Southeastern University uh, where you can earn a fully accredited degree from Southeastern and you never have to leave Ocala. Uh, Southeastern was actually rated one of the best Christian universities in the nation. In my opinion, it is the best. Uh, but real great opportunity because when you're here, what you're doing is you're getting hands-on ministry um, coupled with great academic classes. And you're learning kind of boots-on-the-ground ministry. And what's really cool with Southeastern is they have made it extremely accessible for us. And so if you're a student here, you actually pay one-third the cost that you would pay down in Lakeland, and it's competitively priced with UF, UCF, or, or UF. And one of the things that I hear a lot is someone says, well, I just, I just don't feel like I could ever complete school, or I don't think I'm smart enough or, or good enough. But let me tell you something. No matter what the excuse may be, 
your God is bigger than that excuse. And I tell people this a lot. If you want a surefire way to grow in your faith, go back to school. It'll challenge you. It'll encourage you as you're seeking God, and you will find and define more of your divine calling. So if ministry has ever been something that's been on your mind or you've thought about myself and my team, we're located at the north entrance. We'd love to talk to you, um, encourage you, and see what the possibility of, of you joining us at, at um, Southeastern. Well, I don't know about you. I'm excited to get into the Word of God tonight. Uh, in fact, I'm more excited um, than my dog, Baxter, is about puppy chinos. Now, if you've never heard of a puppy chino, let me show you a few pictures of some puppies enjoying a puppy chino. Put up that first one. Oh, look at that. Come on now, put up that next one. And then my favorite one. This guy just skipped it. He's, he's going right in for the hard stuff. He's not waiting. Um, but that's, that's how excited I am about getting into the Word of God. So if you have your scriptures, uh, will you go to the book of Ephesians in the New Testament? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. Ephesians 6, uh, 16. We're actually going to spend the whole night uh, hanging out in this one verse. It'll also be on the screen as well. And it says this. It says, In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. If you're taking notes, the title of my message tonight is Mountain Eyes. Mountain Eyes. I really enjoy uh, mountain climbing. Anyone else enjoy mountain climbing? A few brave souls. Some of you are like, that's the last place I want to be. That's cool too. Um, but I, I really enjoy it. Since being a little kid, I loved the mountains and hills. Um, as a kid growing up in California, we were surrounded by different mountains. And as a small boy, myself, my brother, my cousins... We used to love inventing games in the hills. Like, who needs Nintendo when you've got hills? And one of our favorite games that we would play was called the Epic Pinecone Battle. And what you would do is you would— I'm going to walk over here because my mom, I can't let her hear this. What you would do is you would collect as many pinecones as you could, and then you'd go to your fort, and the object is to hit the other person. Of course, what you're really doing is trying to hit him in the head. And what I would do, uh, because I was the older brother— is I would have, of course, you know, prefer my younger brother. How many of us a lie? <laughs> I would actually always take the high ground. And then, I'm, it's terrible that I did this, but at one point I told him that the best pine cones are the ones that are already open because they're big, which isn't true. The ones that are best are the hard ones that are small. So forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. But um, we used to have these just epic, epic battles. I love, love being in the woods. We used to hike with my aunts, and it was cool because you'd see all kinds of things. You'd, you'd hear coyotes. Occasionally, you'd, you'd run into maybe a mountain lion. Hopefully, you didn't. You'd hear rattlesnakes, which means go the other direction. Um, but the worst one was when you stumbled upon a tarantula. One time, uh, true story, a tarantula got into our house. I thought it was in the middle of a horror movie. I'm like, this is, I'm five years old. This is how it's all going to go down. Um, but there's, there's something about hiking for me. We were, a couple years ago, my wife and I, we were visiting family in uh, Asheville, North Carolina, and we were hiking the same mountains where they filmed um, Last of the Mohicans. And at one point, there was this little waterfall, and I'm like, I'm going to go behind there because I can see an opening. So I'm walking over there, my aunt's like, you might not want to do that. I'm like, why not? Bears are typically hibernating in there. I'm like, oh my gosh. But it gets better. She then tells me, yeah, when we were younger, we used to go in there and play with the baby cubs when the mom was hibernating. <laughs> That's like Bear Grylls level right there. Like, you're a real man if you're playing with, with baby cubs. 
Uh, just a few weeks ago, we took some of our southeastern students to Chattanooga, uh, Tennessee, and we climbed up Lookout Mountain. Beautiful, beautiful mountain. Here's a picture of two of my students. They're kind of looking out at the city that lies below. And, you know, there's something about being out there, and you're, you're seeing these spectacular views. You're wondering where, where each trail leads to. And when you're hiking, you realize how small you are and how big God is. You have a revelation of how grand and magnificent your creator actually is. Many serious climbers, when they're asked the question, why do you climb? They answer it with a short and simple answer. If you have to ask, you'll never understand. If you have to ask, you'll never understand. Our faith is a lot like climbing a mountain. Too often when it comes to faith, we want all the answers. We want to know if it's going to work out before we step in. We want to know if it's safe and if all the solutions are in place. And yet faith, if we're being honest, it rarely works like that. It's often counter to the idea, if you have to ask, you'll understand. Let's adjust that. If you have to have all the answers, you're probably not going to dive in. If you have to see the end, you'll probably never start. If you have to ask, you'll never understand. That's the thing about faith. There's just an aspect of faith that is not always logical. There's an aspect of faith that you just feel called out. And, and when you've had those experiences where you've stepped out into the unknown, like the, the Cobb family, then you, then you get that. If you have to ask, you'll never understand. You know, mountain climbing in itself is not logical. It's not comfortable. But yet there are these people who they feel beckoned and they feel called out to climb. It's what they think about. It's what they live for. They, they know there's a risk, but yet they know the reward of climbing to the top of accomplishing that, of being able to look out at what the view has to offer. And when you understand faith, you'd get why they would say, if you have to ask, you'll never understand. It's, it's to step out when everyone else around you thinks you're making a mistake. I've had to have countless conversations with my students, encouraging them because some of their family members or, or friends don't understand, why would you ever want to pursue ministry? These students who've had to sit and look parents or friends in the eye and say, I know this doesn't make sense to you but I know this is what I'm called to do. And even if it never makes sense, I got to keep pushing forward. And sometimes it doesn't make sense to me, but there's just a knowing inside. It's faith that this is where God has placed me. There's just a part of faith that if we're being honest, it is scary. It is big. It is unpredictable. And we've all experienced this. Just think back to the first time you asked your wife or your girlfriend or fiance out. There's a sense of not knowing, will they reject me? Well, they say my breath stinks. Like, we don't really know exactly what's going to happen. Faith. And so tonight I have one point, And I want to wrap everything else around this one idea. Never close your eyes when you climb a mountain. Never close your eyes when you climb a mountain. Faith, it's a lot like climbing a mountain. There will always be an element that's not predictable. When you climb a mountain, you don't know all the things you're going to encounter. When you climb a new mountain, you don't know exactly how you're going to get to the top. You don't know how long it'll take. When you climb a mountain, you don't know all that's going to happen. And stepping out in faith is a lot like this. But when you climb, you never climb with your eyes closed. Because to climb with your eyes closed would lead you nowhere. To climb with your eyes closed could cause you to fall into danger. When you climb, you climb with your eyes open, never taking your eyes off the top of the mountain. New climbers are often encouraged to keep looking up. Keep looking up. Don't look back because you'll get caught up in fear. 
Don't look down, but keep looking out at what lies ahead. So friends, faith, it's not jumping in with our eyes closed. I think that's sometimes where we miss it. I believe it's one of the reasons we kind of fail to grasp all we can about faith, because we treat it as if it's blind faith. Now, there's an element that's unknown. There's an element that is unpredictable, an element that's not predetermined, but there's also something bigger about faith. In fact, I believe it is the one true key for us to unlock faith. Because faith is stepping into the unknown with our eyes fixed on the known, and his name is Jesus. Our faith is not rooted in situations. Our faith, your faith, it's rooted in a person. And so to never close your eyes when you climb a mountain is to never take your eyes off the one who is bigger than that mountain. Is to say, I don't know where I'm going, but I know who I'm going there with. And I may have a lot of questions, but I have the one answer I need, and his name is Jesus. Never climb a mountain with your eyes closed. And man, in this room, every single one of us, there are mountains in our lives. There are things that, that seem too daunting. There's things that we say, I could never climb to the top. I'll never get over this. And, and friend, I'm here to tell you that you never climb alone. Jesus is always with you, and so I don't care the size of your mountain. It is nothing compared to the size of my God. And yet, if we're being honest, it's, it's easy to give up on faith. It's easy because we've been hurt. It's easy because we've fallen. It's easy because we've, we've failed. But, but man, don't, don't give up on faith. You'll be missing a lot. One of my close friends uh, through, through middle school, high school, um, was, was a little frightened of roller coasters. And so we would go to a theme park, right? And you'd wait in this, like, la- a long line. It takes forever. The person in front of you stinks, right? And they're really loud. And you finally get there. And like, oh, it wasn't worth it, but you're going on anyway. Well, we'd get up to the ride, and, and he would always just wait for us to finish. Every single time. And then a few years later, when he's in college, he actually, for the first time, he kind of like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. He goes on a roller coaster, and guess what? He loves them. But yet, he missed out on a part of his childhood because of what? Because of fear. Friend, don't give up on people because you've been hurt. You'll be missing out on a lot. Have faith to believe that God can heal any broken relationship. Have faith to believe God can restore you. Have faith to believe God can mend whatever is going on. Have faith to believe God wants the relationships in your life to be fruitful. Don't give up on school because it's hard, because you failed. You'll be missing out on a lot. I, I believe that school is one of the great sanctifiers of our life. There are a few times I felt as close to God than when I was in my master's program writing my thesis going, God, I can't do this. I need you. Friend, don't give up on opportunities because you're afraid you won't make it. Allow opportunities to be a place where God stirs you in your faith. And so I want to go back to our verse because I believe it has much to say about the subject of faith. Again, the verse says, In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. From the very get-go, Paul says something to us, and I think we often miss it. He says, In all circumstances. Now, there's a rumor going around that heaven is full of people who underline and highlight their Bible. So I'd recommend that you incline yourself to highlight those three little words, in all circumstances. Because often what happens is we skip over that part and we jump right to the shield. And yet Paul is trying to say something to us. I believe if he was here today, he would say, stop. Hold up for a second. Heed this, my son. 
Because you need to take faith into every circumstance that you step into. Let faith open the door. Because too often we step into things, and then when it gets tough, what do we do? We look back and we try to find faith rather than being led by faith. And Paul is saying in every single circumstance you walk into, you're going to need faith. You know, one of the greatest advantages I've had in my life is that I was born into a faith family. The very first word spoken to me as a small child was my grandmother, and she says, Jesus is Lord. Every single morning, my mom would say, this is the day the Lord has made, and you will rejoice and be glad in it. I grew up in a home that when you fell down, you could get back up because you had all you need in Christ. And friend, that may not have been your past, but it can be your future. Keep your eyes open as you look up on that mountain. Faith is a decision that you have to make in all circumstances. Too often you and I, we we choose to use faith as if it's a horn on the car, only when something drastic happens. And yet Paul is saying, no, 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 no. The faith that saved you, the faith that you've been given is meant to be the faith that leads you. So what does that look like? Well, does faith inform your week? When Sunday night comes and Monday is around the corner, do you think, oh, great, here's another Monday? Or do you say, no, I can do all things through Christ no matter what happens in this Monday. This Monday is mine. Do you look at this week and go, no, this is going to be a good week for me. This is going to be a fruitful week for me. It's not that you're holding on to something that isn't realistic, but you're walking in the confidence that God created you for. Does faith inform your week? Does faith inform your opportunities? That when something pops up, do you go, I can do this. I know who Christ is in my life. He is my strength. He's given me the wisdom that I need. Or do you go, I'm probably not going to get this new opportunity. This job probably won't work out for me. What are you walking into with? Does faith inform relationships? Maybe there's some relationships around you close to you that are kind of broken. Do you go, you know what? I know how big the gospel is. And if the gospel can reconcile me to God, the gospel can certainly reconcile this relationship. Does faith inform your relationships? Does faith inform your school? Does faith inform your work? See, faith is meant to inform every single aspect of our lives. Paul is saying there is not one square inch of your life that is not informed by faith. You got to have faith. This whole um, year at, at Southeastern, our mantra, our motto, our, our chapel theme was this faith to believe. Faith to believe. Do you and I have faith to believe the impossible? Do we have faith to believe God can use us? Do we have faith to believe that we have a great purpose? It's a big question. Do you have faith to believe over your life? Because this is such a great determiner for how successful and how fruitful of a life you'll have. Because ultimately, when I say I have faith to believe, what I'm saying is I'm doing life with God. I want to do life God's way. I don't want to go at it alone. I don't want to try to figure it out on my own. Because if you haven't figured it out already, it's pretty hard to figure it out on our own. There's a lot of things that pop up. There's a lot of things that we can't always explain. But the one thing I know I can run back to is the very first words my grandmother spoke over me. Jesus is Lord. And if today is the day the Lord has made, then I got hope. Then I got promise. Then I've got breath. And that I know I can get over whatever is going to come my way because I have faith. So Paul, he says what? 
in all circumstances. Let faith lead you and guide you. And then Paul, he uses the analogy of a shield to describe faith. The analogy of a shield to describe faith. Now, typically, when you and I think of a shield, right, we think of something that defends us. It is something that protects us. A shield is what keeps us safe. And really, that's the wrong idea of a shield. A shield had a much larger purpose. It did keep you safe, but its primary purpose was to lead you forward. See, with the shield, you push on. With the shield, you advance. With the shield, you knocked opposition to the ground. The shield is what led you to the top. You see, in war, the shield was just as much as an offensive weapon as it was a defensive weapon. The troops advance with what? Their shield. And so Paul is saying, friends, that the shield is meant to guide you forward. The shield is meant to push you through any challenges. The shield is meant to push opposition out of the way. It is going to lead you to the top of whatever mountain is in your life. Let the shield push you through. Let the shield carry you because there's always more for you on the other side. But do you have mountain eyes? Eyes that are fixed and focused and saying, whatever the mountain is in front of me, I'm going to overcome that mountain because the shield of faith has been given to me. So how do we get there? Because what we've tried to establish is that we need faith. We've tried to establish that that faith is our key, but how do we, how do we get there? And I believe it's this. We plan with faith. We plan with faith. There's a two-part thing, and a lot of us were only good at one of, one of them, but if you can conquer both of those, that you plan with faith, it is incredible what will happen in your life. Um, I tend to be a, a planner. I like everything super planned out, and so it really threw off my wife when we were first married, because our first anniversary trip we went to Savannah, and I planned every single minute. I'm not kidding. Everything was planned. The first day, we walked for 10 hours. 10 hours. I got all planned out. I'm like, oh my gosh, look at, all we, look at all we did. This is so awesome. And so the next morning, I'm like, I got a plan laid out. This is going to be awesome. And she just looks at me and goes, can we just take a nap? <laughs> like, I'm an extremely planned out person. Like, I get anxious if there's not a plan. Who's with me? Come on, be honest. Identify yourself. My people. My people. Like, I love a good plan. Some of you right now, you're planning while I'm preaching. No condemnation here. I get it. Um, but some of us, we're just like full of faith. Some of my wife is. Like, we get a flat tire in the middle of nowhere. We're like, oh, it's not a big deal. It'll work out. Where are my faith people at? Come on, I want to be like you. I want to be like you. I want to be like you. That's awesome. But the challenge is, a lot of times we're not always both. And yet, if we're going to go where we want to go, it's going to require planning and faith because your future is paved in preparation and faith. And when you can get those two together, that you have the faith to climb that mountain and you're planned out on how to do it, you'll experience the growth that you want. You're going to reach your desired destination. Every seasoned climber knows that. He knows he needs more than just courage to climb. He needs that, but he knows he needs to have a plan. He needs to check the weather. He needs to think through of of what to bring. He needs to know what challenges he may face. If he's going to be successful, he needs to plan with courage. And the same is true of us. And here's the deal. If you don't have great faith, Learn to cultivate it. See, faith is not something that's in limited supply. Faith is not something that only certain people have. If you are not a planner, do the work to do that. Get around great planners. Here are just a few thoughts on on planning and faith. 
Uh, first is this, um, life has peaks and life has valleys. It's important to distinguish where you are. Because life is not always a peak, but life is also not always a valley. And for most of us, we are in one area of our life, it's a peak, it's incredible, and there's probably some other area that we're in a valley. But, but be encouraged. If you're in a valley, you won't be there forever. Second is this. The more planned out you are, the more prepared you are. And the more prepared you are, the more comfortable you'll be putting your faith out there. It's not going to be a nervous faith. Third is know that God is into plans. He planned creation. He has plans for your life, the Proverbs tells us. See, a plan does not show a lack of faith. A plan shows commitment. A plan says to God, I'm bringing all I have to the table. And now I'm expecting you to move. I'm expecting you to flex your divine muscle on my behalf. Planning and faith, when you can get those two together, you you experience joy, you experience freedom. It's not a nervous faith, but it is a a confident faith. But please don't allow the excuse, well, I'm just not organized or I'm not built with faith to stop you. Because too often we allow excuses to be the very thing to derail us from climbing the mountain in front of us. And say, I don't don't care what someone has said over you or what you thought of yourself. You can become a giant in faith. You can become someone who who is full of faith, who can scale any mountain. You can get out of the valley because getting out of the valley is not about you or your strength. It's about Jesus and his strength. You can do this. But you got to have faith. You know, it's so interesting. The scriptures, they tell us we need one thing. One thing and that's it. Faith. It says it's impossible to please God without faith. The only thing required of us is simply faith. And so I want to talk for a little bit about how you and I, we can have more faith. How can we increase our faith? Because you may be hearing this going, okay, I need faith. I get that. I see that that faith and and planning, they really go together. They're not counter against each other. So how do we get more faith? And I think there are some real practical ways that you and I can grow and increase in our faith. And the first thing is this. Look at what keeps you from having faith. Look at what keeps you from having faith. And this is something that is different for all of us. For some of us, the thing that keeps us from having faith is our pride. We've got a lot of self-confidence, which can be a good thing, but it can also be a crutch. It can be something that we lean too far into. And so when a scenario arises, when stress comes, instead of running to God, we run to self and we go, I can figure this out. I'm going to do it. For some of us, it's pride. For some of us, it's fear of failure. Maybe because of scenarios in our past, maybe because of, 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 a, of a marriage, maybe because of some work venture. There's just a fear inside of us that I'm going to fail again, and I don't want to ever feel that way. And so we allow that to dictate our life. For some of us, it's just a fear in general. We tend to worry a lot. For others of us, it's maybe identity issues. And so if your identity is tied up in money, or if your identity is tied up in a relationship and not in Christ, then you're not going to experience the faith that he has to offer. Now, it's different for all of us, and that's a small list. It could be something else. But the very first thing you can do if you want to increase your faith is ask the question, is there something that keeps me from having faith? The second thing is this. Stretch your faith. When you go to the gym and you go to work out, you don't go from bench pressing 100 pounds to 200 pounds. You go from 100 to 105 
to 110 to 115. You see, when your faith is stretched, God's probably not going to call you tomorrow to go be a missionary or to go plant a church. He'll probably start by simply saying, will you pray for your neighbor? Allow your faith to grow in the little things. The third thing is this, is pray for more faith. Pray for more faith. One one of my favorite stories in the scripture, it's in the book of Mark. Jesus is coming into this town and there's this man whose son is sick. And he cries out for healing. And Jesus says, essentially, if you have faith, your son will be healed. And what does the man say? I love it. He's so real and he's so raw. He says, Lord, help my unbelief. If I'm being honest with you, that's probably one of my biggest prayers. Because I know that what's really limiting me, it's not God, it's me. Lord, help my unbelief. And I love the fact that you and I, we can pray honest prayers before God. We can pray real prayers before him and he will answer and he will move. One of the greatest things you can do to increase your faith is to simply say, Lord, help my unbelief. And then the last thing is this. Live with a growing understanding of what your faith is in. Live with a growing understanding of what your faith is in. So what does that mean? Well, the faith to move a mountain, to scale a mountain, is found in the one who is bigger than that mountain. See, faith, it's not rooted in our past success. It's rooted in a person. Faith is not rooted in growing in our own ability. It is rooted in growing in our understanding of Christ's ability in our life. Faith's not about increasing us. It's about increasing God. And these are four simple things that we can do. They're not complicated. But when we add these to our life, what happens is that over time, you and I, we're going to grow in our faith. We're going to grow in our encouragement. We're going to grow in our trusting of Christ. See, I love what I love about God is that God's into processes. You know, I, I say this a lot, but it'd be really nice if that when we became Christian, we're, we're baptized and like we come out of the water and we're like we're quoting the whole book of Romans. We never struggle with anything ever again. We always get a great parking spot at Chipotle. Hello. Like, it'd be really nice if that's how our faith worked, but it doesn't. God's into processes. And so your faith, of your growth, even if it's small now, it can increase. And over time, it can increase and increase and increase. And you can see incredible things in your life. Keep your eyes open when you climb whatever mountain is in front of you. I want to end tonight by uh, sharing a story with you uh, from my own life. That had it not been for faith, I would not be up here today. My junior year of college, near the end of it, was when um, we kind of had the economic crash. And so during that time, going into my senior year, uh, lost a lot of grants and scholarships and really wasn't looking very good for me going into my last year of college. And I remember at first, I'd love to say I was really confident in faith. How many know that's not always our first response? At first, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to go back. I'm going to have to go figure out another job. I'm going to have to go, I'll go back to school in a couple of years. But remember just praying, saying, God, if there's some way, will you make this happen? A couple days later, I'm talking to my mom on the phone, kind of, you know, sharing the story with her. And she says, well, here's what we're going to do. Uh, me, and your, me and your stepdad, we'll give you $500 a month. Now, I needed $1,500 a month, and I need to have $1,500 up front, so every single month and up front. I'm like, wow, that's, that's huge. That's a big chunk of what I need. And so uh, about a week later, I... Um, I got a new job, and I was able to provide another 500 myself. You know, so I'm thinking, oh my gosh, maybe, maybe something is happening. Maybe I'm getting a little closer. And, but I remember one night, still remember I was in a, I lived in a, a 
apartment that was made in the 1920s. It was real old, real musty. And I remember I was just, I had a real discouraging night. And I was just sitting in our closet, still remember what it looks like, just crying. I'm all alone. I'm thinking, I'm just too short. There's no way it's going to happen. And out of the blue, I get a call from my dad, who uh, he left when we were in high school. Um, had a pretty rough relationship with, with him. Hadn't really heard from him in a while. We kind of tried to mend it in the beginning of college, but hadn't heard from him. And he just calls out of the blue. We're chatting, and he says, okay, I'll give you the other $500. I mean, that was a total miracle in itself that that ever happened. And so here I am. I, I got the money I need each month. I'm thinking, okay, I'm, I'm starting to feel a little encouraged, but I'm still about $1,500 short to start in the fall. And so I'm just, I, I'm talking to my, my boss at the time, just kind of sharing with her that, hey, look what God's providing. Things are working up. And I wasn't asking for anything or expecting anything, but she gives me a check, a $500 check. And so I go to Bank of America. Still remember, it was on US 98. I walk in, still remember what the bank teller looks like. I hand him the check and he starts counting. 100, 200, 300, 400, 500. But when he gets to five, he doesn't stop. He goes 600, 700, 800. And I kind of look at him and go, what are you doing? That was only a $500 check. And he kind of looks at me kind of puzzled, and he pushes the check towards me. And what I didn't realize is that when I took the check from my boss, my thumb was on top of the one. And she didn't know this, but that was the exact amount that I needed. And so in the middle of Bank of America, I just burst into tears. Like, I'm crying. I'm like, I'm trying to explain what happened. And he's like, and he was just looking at me. He's like, oh, my gosh, this guy's having a nervous breakdown. We're security. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's like, I'm just a bank teller, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm trying to explain to the tears of this is what God has done for me. And as soon as I walked out of that Bank of America, it was like God froze everything for a second. And he said this, he said, Jordan, don't ever give up on faith. Don't ever give up on faith. And I think that same message to me is the message to you, don't ever give up on faith. Because it doesn't matter what you're going through, what you need is more faith and the faith in your God, he can solve anything. He's not limited by nothing. All we need is, is faith. I keep coming back to so often in my life, I try to solve all the solutions. I'm one of those guys. Anybody else? You want to find all the solutions? Okay, any guy, of course. Like, that's how I'm wired, and yet I get to the wit's end, and it's the same answer every time. Jordan, you need faith. Jordan, you need faith. Put your faith in me. And so I find myself off on my knees going, God, help my unbelief. And you know, I believe there are many of us in here tonight where there's a mountain in front of us that is begging to be climbed. Maybe it's going back to school. Maybe it's mending a broken marriage. Maybe it's trying to fix some relationship. Maybe it's some work venture. But there are mountains all around us. We encounter so many different mountains in our lives. And so often we feel like the mountain is just too big. It's too much for me to handle. But man, keep your eyes open when you climb that mountain. Because you may not have all your answers on the way up, but you know who you're going with, and his name is Jesus. To never close your eyes when you climb a mountain is to say, I will never take my eyes off the one who is bigger than that mountain, and his name is Jesus. Did you all get anything out of this tonight?